Happy NFL season. Happy NFL fantasy football draft season. I know it's amazing how many people play fantasy football in this day and age. Uh, you know, if you're old like me, you remember when fantasy football didn't even exist. Now it is a thing. I helped my wife with her draft last night. Uh, it, it does get you excited for the season. Uh, whatever problems the NFL has or is confronted with, it is the dominant force in American sports and it is highly entertaining and I can't wait for it. I wrote about Aaron Rodgers today. Uh, in this podcast, the Viking Update Show, we will get to the Vikings preview, the first game preview the season, make some picks, uh, offer some odd input and uh, get to what we think the season is going to look like for the Vikings. He's John Krasinski from The Athletic. I'm Jim Suhan from the Star Tribune. Brandon Morton is our producer. If you like the show, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's the easiest way to listen. You can always go to talknorth.com and find all of our shows and our archives, as well as Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider. That's a former general manager of the Minnesota Vikings who does a podcast on this network as well. We're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services studio. Thanks to Aquarius Home Services, TSR, Injury Law, and Star Bank. I'm going to start here, John. Last year, there was a lot of mystery around this team. They didn't really play starters in the preseason much. They're going against the uh, defending champion, division champion Packers at home in week one, and that game was an absolute triumph. They looked like they had they had the Packers figured out completely. They outgame planned them. They blew them out in the first half, and it was the start to a great regular season. 13 victories in a rookie head coach's first season. That was remarkable. I don't know how the season's going to go. My guess is it's going to start about the same. I think the Bucs are a bad team with a bad quarterback. Uh, the Vikings are very good at game planning. I know the Bucs have some good defensive players left, but so did the Packers last year. I think this season is going to start off fast. And then we'll see. Then things will get real on Thursday night in Philadelphia. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that it it has to start fast, Jim. Um, they, you know, this this week one for a team coming in with a real sense of identity, like you said. I mean, I think the the key last year was we did not know what to expect. We didn't know what we were going to see, given the way that Kevin O'Connell loves to run. Um, yeah, the, the the preseason with not playing his starters hardly at all. Um, and there was a lot of mystery surrounding it. This season, there was not a ton of turnover um, on the offensive side. You really have an idea of what they want to do and the principal people involved and how they're going to be able to do it. And so now... It, it, it is much more key for, for the Vikings to get off to that fast start, come out, play hard, get a win right away at home against a team that is not expected to do well this season and set yourself up with a little bit of cushion going forward as the schedule stiffens up here. But I think that there's there's less mystery and I think more expectation surrounding this team with O'Connell with Kirk Cousins, with Justin Jefferson, that that they come out and play well and play crisp, at least offensively, and get a win in week one. We'll pick this game later on, as well as our predicted division standings and the Super Bowl. Uh, I have at least one surprise in my Super Bowl pick. Um, the schedule is really interesting. And I know we've been going over the schedule ever since it came out because it's such a big deal. But, you know, they should beat Tampa. At Philly is going to be rough. I think the Chargers have a chance to be a really good team, and that's week three. Carolina's bad. In Kansas City, we don't know what Kansas City's going to look like and whether they have Chris Jones in, in-house, but if Mahomes is healthy, that's a difficult one. It is really interesting, though, from October 29th through 
December 17th, there is a soft stretch of schedule there. Uh, at Green Bay, I'm presuming Green Bay is not going to be great this year. Uh, at Atlanta, home against New Orleans, at Denver, home against Chicago, at Vegas, and then they play Cincinnati. There's a stretch there where they, if this team you know, manages the early season, comes out of the early season okay, they could really put some distance between them and the rest of the division. That's what I'm looking for. Uh, in terms of, of this week, What is your, what are you most intrigued by in terms of the Vikings roster and new personnel? Yeah, I mean, I I really do think, and I know we've we've talked about this, but I I think that the whole key to what this team can accomplish this season is going to be what happens defensively. Uh, what does Brian Flores do to change the scheme and the aggression? We've we've heard ad nauseum about it here in the preseason, but we haven't seen. Daniil Hunter, we haven't seen Marcus Davenport, we haven't seen much of Harrison Smith, we haven't seen a lot of their their main guys, and yet there are still so many questions about personnel, about how they're going to adapt to the new scheme, and what they're going to do to turn the worst defense from a scoring standpoint in the league last season to at least something competent. And if they are able to do that, if they are able to adopt Flores's aggressive approach, and if they flourish under that, I think that all of a sudden you look at a team that might, you know, from a talent standpoint, you might look at maybe in that, you know, nine, 10, uh, win range, um, to the, it could go up to 11, 12, um, if you know if, if all of that comes together because they have enough talent offensively to put some points on the board it's just a matter of whether the defense can limit the opposition even make them work a little bit harder than they did last year and if if so then all of a sudden i think this team looks really really good if not if they falter if they just don't have the personnel if they're a year away from it, from this transition that they're going through uh, then you're going to be looking at a lot more shootouts again, a lot more close games, and it would be hard to imagine the Vikings performing better in close games this season or even at the same than last year. And so that's when they get, could get into trouble. And working on preview stuff for the podcast, for the newspaper, you know, where I find myself falling is saying, I think they could be better offensively. They're adding Addison. They're going to have Hawkinson for a full year. Now locked up to a long-term deal. We'll talk about later. Um, if you know, Darisaw could be even better uh, as he as he matures. Cousins in the second year of an offense, the second year of an offense coordinator, first time since like 2016. Jefferson in his prime. Uh, you know, KJ Osborne as kind of your, your fourth option is a great fourth option. Uh, I just I think they could be better offensively. Also, Dalvin Cook, despite his big plays, wasn't great a great every down back last year. So I, could, I think they'd be better offensively. I think they have to be better defensively just because they're going to be better coached and they're going to have better speed top to bottom. And yet I don't think they'll win 13 games. When you win 13 games, there's a there's always an element of luck and timing and health, and I just don't think all that can be replicated. So I, I like this team a lot. I just don't think you can get to 13 wins that easily. Yeah, you can't. Um, it, it, it's very, very hard. Like, I mean, I do think that it was really interesting last season 
you know, we, you and I talked about this a lot. We were watching that season unfold and the wins kept coming and kept coming and kept coming. And you still looked at them and said, I don't know if they're all that good. And, yep. um, and, and so it was a really bizarre season that way. Cause I've, I've never watched a 13 win team look, you know, that looked as you know, on the razor's edge as the Vikings did last year. And so at one, on one respect, you look at it and say, man, this team won 13 games. They won a lot of really close games. They showed a lot of toughness and will and heart and, and all of the things that you want to see from them and execution late in games. And so you figure like you want to trust them. You want them to see, um, you want, you, you just want them to see, you want to see them kind of continue that forward. And, and, and a lot of what they, they did exhibit last season in terms of the way that they performed in those close games, you should say builds up some sort of credibility um, and, and trust in them that that's going to continue going forward. Now, maybe not 13 wins continue, but certainly a foundation of execution that should make you feel pretty good. But you just watched the way that 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 it all happened. Certainly, all of the issues that they had on defense, and you say, mm, "I don't know. I just don't. I still don't know." And so, in some ways, I still want to see them follow that up with another good season. Um, and 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 then we can really see exactly you know how far this team can go. This reminds me a little bit of some Vikings teams we saw in the mid 90s and maybe even late 90s and I'll call it the Denny and Dungy formula they had an offensive coach they had great offensive skill position talent they invested heavily in offense and then they told Dungy hey just figure it out on defense (laughs) you have one you have one really good player and everybody else you're just going to get you know you're going to patch things together and Dungy found a way to do it and that is the job for Brian Flores this year he has Daniil Hunter who if he's healthy and at his best, is a great player. Uh, he has Davenport, who could be a bounce-back candidate. He has Harrison Smith, you know, nearing the end of his career. But he also has a lot of guys who are just guys, you know. And it's his job to figure out how to make that an effective group. They're putting a lot of faith in him. They've talked him up. What I, And what I find interesting is, you know, Kevin O'Connell has talked him up a lot. But you would expect that. It feels like every conversation you have with a – Viking defender or or offensive player, they talk about just how good he is at scheming, how much he how difficult he is to practice against, and how much he has saved for the regular season. Uh, we can all get fooled by preseason hype, but this feels somewhat real to me. Yeah, I, yes, I think so. Um, while I'll, I'll, I'm saying definitely that I want to see it in action. Um, that, you know, I, I'm not ready to do the, you know, belief without proof with, with this defense, everything that we have heard in testimonials from the players, from other coaches, from everyone in the organization all through August has been that the Brian Flores magic that he's sprinkling on is working from a pure trust standpoint, at least, at least. And I think that's a big thing for this group because I, I think as the season went on last year, you looked at them and you started to listen to how teams 
uh, or how players were reacting what to what was going on, to how the defense continued to struggle. And you started to kind of just sense that I don't know that these guys are really believing all that much in Ed Donatel. And when you have a, a unit that is not teaming with individual talent, if you combine the either mediocre or 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 subpar total collection of talent with a lack of belief in the leader who's calling the the defensive schemes, that's a recipe for what we saw last year. Just complete disaster defensively. But everything that you have heard this summer and this training camp and this preseason has been spoken in glowing terms about the attitude, about the scheme, about the aggression, about all of that. And so I get the impression that these players absolutely go into week one against the Buccaneers uh, with full belief that their leader is going to put give them opportunities to be successful. And so whether they have upgraded the talent on the roster when you lose Patrick Peterson when you bring in Byron Murphy when you you know when you have some you lose Adarius Smith and you bring in Davenport and um and you lose Tomlinson and 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 you lose some names some Kendricks and and some guys like that um whether they have the talent to upgrade over last year I think remains to be seen but there is no question that they have a much stronger belief in the person who is leading them. And so we'll see how far that can go. Let's get into some picks, some specifics on this roster and this season. Uh, again, we're coming to you for the Aquarius Home Services Studios. Thanks very much to Aquarius Home Services. Scott, for Aquarius Home Services, between the heat waves and poor air quality, have you noticed how much time we're spending indoors this summer? It can make you wonder about your home's air quality. Good news! Aquarius is providing a free indoor air purification system with the purchase of a new AC and furnace system. Remove and reduce allergens, mold, and even viruses. Amazing indoor air is just a click away at AquariusHomeServices.com. Aquarius, earning the right to be recommended. You've heard a lot about TSR Injury Law everywhere you go, especially on this network. They've been great to us. They they uh, have been longtime supporters of the John Krasinski Show, which is our NBA and Timberwolves show on the network. Check that show out as well. All you need to know about TSR Injury Law is they will help you if you need it. 612-TSR-TIME, 612-TSR-TIME. If you are injured, call them. They will point you in the right, right direction if they can't help you. If they can help you, they won't charge you unless they win your case and they win a lot of cases. That's why they're a great Minnesota success story. 612 TSR time. Uh, thanks also to longtime sponsor uh, Star Bank. Big banks aren't the only ones with mobile apps, convenient financial services. I'd like to tell you about Star Bank. Star Bank is an independent community bank in Minnesota. They're family owned and treat customer relationships as a top priority. You're not a customer number at Star Bank and they have no call center. It's just banking how it should be. A throwback to the good days. Mobile app check convenient services. You got it. Check out Starbank for yourself. For deposits and lending solutions, work with a local community bank that cares. Starbank.net, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. All right. Well, let's. we're going to get into the team by going through a bunch of different questions and topics and some, doing some picks. Uh, first of all, before we do all that, I wrote about Aaron Rodgers in the Tuesday Star Review. Uh, I, I don't know about you. I've watched Hard Knocks. I've yeah. watched the ESPN coverage of this guy. And 
I admit, I started watching Hard Knocks. I was like, God, you know, Aaron Rodgers has been driving me crazy for a long time. The the ego, the arrogance, the uh, the conspiracy theories, the 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 love of drama, of dragging things out, of making people wait on his schedule. He's absolutely driven me crazy. And you start watching Hard Knocks, and you go, Oh, well, this guy actually, he's either reformed or he's. You know, he's decided to put on a good show for the cameras and he gets certain ways in and you go, of course, he's putting on a show for the camera. What else? Would, he's he's a shrewd, whatever you think of him, he's a shrewd guy. Of course, he's putting, I, I but I, then I start thinking about the components of the Jets, the expectations, the difficulty of their conference, the difficulty of their division, uh, the way some of their coaches act. And I could see that thing just blowing up. Yeah, it could go either way. Absolutely, yeah. Jim, um, because there is the other part of it where. He is in a new place. Um, he is rejuvenated. He he had he hears a lot of the people. He reads your column. Um, of course he does. You know, uh, without question. And and but he does. He hears those doubts. He knows people think he's getting old, and he has lost a lot of his or some of his physical ability. And you know it. You know, never mind the questions, the personality questions, the you know all of that other stuff that has gone with it. And it could be very much um, like Brett coming to the Vikings and just like being razor sharp, being totally locked in and committed, because I do think that there were questions about his level of commitment to the job in his final couple of years with the Packers. Was he putting in all the work? Was he really all the way invested and all the way in there when he kind of wanted to go somewhere else? Um and now he's in a place where he wanted to be. He's got receivers he wanted. He's got running backs he's wanted. He's got his offensive coordinator that he wanted. They are catering to him. And he is, I think he is definitely a diva. But if he's a diva that feels appreciated, even though he should not have felt unappreciated in Green Bay, if he feels that kind of support and love um, in New York, that could catapult him to a bounce back season and he could be looking at all of us and saying, Hey, I told you so I told you, I still got it. Hey, you know, that kind of a thing or yeah, it could go the other way. Um, he could be on the decline physically. He could, um, be just not where he used to be. And there is going to be more scrutiny on Aaron Rodgers, not because he's in New York, not because he's with the Jets um, that way, but it's because he orchestrated his way out of Green Bay. And whether he w went to the Jets or the Panthers or the Falcons or whoever, this is now a guy who has who has a little bit of a reputation of being difficult to deal with and, and flaky and finicky, and he got his way. He got what he wanted. And now there's going to be there's going to be people out there who would be delighted to see him fall on his face and whether the offensive line holds up and 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 a bunch of other things we will see. But they have a defense that's going to be fantastic. And so um, he has a lot of the, the the things at his disposal that he wants and needs to be successful. So if he does not succeed, there is going to be a lot more put right on his shoulders and hey you said that this was what you needed and and now it's not working out and there's going to be tough questions so i'm going to be fascinated to watch it uh you're right i think nfl hard knocks i mean i think that's 
it's an infomercial um and 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 that's what those things are designed to be but um you know it's it's going to be really interesting to see how he handles all of that and and which which way on the fork in the road he goes whether it's bounce back rejuvenation year or it's you know what we saw the first steps of the decline at the last year of green bay and now he's going down off the cliff my apologies for sidetracking the show we're going to get back to the vikings now uh let's let's go ahead and pick this game i'm going to i'm going to say they're going to win win fast i think they're going to win they're going to get off to an early lead i'm going to say 32-18 vikings yeah, I, I, I'm just going to say I think it's going to be a little closer um, just as, you know, number one, first game of the season. It's going to be, you know, th- those kind of can tend to be a little sloppier um, and just a little bit more tight. I think that this team, you know, even with all of the offensive talent on this team, I think the Bucks are not terrible defensively. And I think that this 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 team is sort of like the Vikings. They're they're they play close games. Like that's what happens. The NFL is designed to keep these games close. And I think the Vikings are right there as well with their defensive issues and everything. So I'm going to say Vikings 27 to 23. I think, um, you know, I, I don't have a lot of faith in Baker Mayfield being able to, to generate a lot of offense, but I still kind of getting back to our previous conversation. I want to see this defense, look sharp. I want to see them make plays before I'm ready to say that this is, this is a unit that you can count on to keep a team under 20 points, even at home. What did you think of the Hawkinson deal? Um, well, I, I think that he played it perfectly, Jim. Um, yep, he did. you know, I think that there were some, there was some hand wringing in the aftermath of it of, Oh, magically his back and his ear feel better. And he's at practice now. Like, so it wasn't all about that, but we, you know, we knew that at during while that. it was going on. Um, we, sh- and, we should have. Those of us who didn't know that should have known that. Yes, and so um, you know when you when you when a football player says he's out with an ear infection, it's like, come on now. Um, yeah. So, uh, but to his credit, he had leverage in this situation given what the Vikings gave up to acquire him in via trade. How he performed when he was with the team last season, how important he is to the offense. Like, so it's, it's very rare when a football player has leverage that he can exert on his organization to get more money. And that's exactly what TJ Hawkinson did. I do think it's also why the lions were willing to move on from a 24 year old, 25 year old tight end who was really talented is they just didn't want to go down this path that the Vikings did. That's their choice. Yep. The Vikings made their choice. Um, but but Hogginson leveraged himself into a great contract, um, and he earned that contract. And if he had to get his some dirt under his fingernails this offseason to make it happen, I can't be too mad about that. Now he has to perform. He's got to continue to be one of the top tight ends in the league. There is some pressure on him for that. But I'll never begrudge a guy for trying to squeeze every dollar that he can out of a situation when he may never in the rest of his career be in a position like he was in now to be able to exert that leverage. 
they overpaid him because they had to overpay him. And yep. within two or three years, his deal will not look like they overpaid him. Uh, Kelsey will blow it out of the water. Yep. Or maybe maybe Waller, maybe Mark Andrews, somebody else will pop up and get a bigger deal. He'll end up being paid about right two or three years from now. You have to overpay in the moment. That's the way this works. They weren't going to let him go after trading for him. So it's just really more than anything else is business as usual in the NFL. Well, and then let's also say this, Jim, like, they they did kind of have to overpay him. He played really well. Like oh yeah, like, and and credit to Quazy for identifying a guy who could come in and fit what they wanted, and who quickly picked up the system, earned Kirk Cousins' trust. Um, he you know he's he, I think he's making more this this season than any other tight end in the league. Is he the best tight end of the league? No, he's not. But certainly the way that he performed um merits a hefty raise and like you said the economics of it will shake itself out and he will eventually be maybe third fourth fifth there and that's that's probably a little more requisite to what he is as a tight end but um but that was a the vikings did a good job of identifying a player who they thought maybe underutilized in his previous spot and um and would be a good fit and it's been perfect for them. So, so he got it and, um, and, and more power to him, but also good on, it was a good trade by Quasi Adolfo Mensa to get this guy who fits so well here. Agreed. All right. We're going to wrap up the show with quick hitters. Who do you view? Uh, not team. He's already says it's the Lions. What individual in the division proposes the greatest threat to the Vikings? And I'll what go first. Is, if you need a second, yeah, you go, you go first. Let me think about this. I'm going to say, even though the Lions are probably a better team right now, I'm going to say the greatest threat to the Vikings right now is Justin Fields. If Justin Fields becomes Jalen Hurts, and if they surround him with the right talent, and they are starting to do that, uh, and they build a decent defense, and there are a lot of ifs here, a lot of ifs. But if Justin Fields becomes a superstar, that's where the major threat comes, because once you get the quarterback, it's easy to build around him. Yeah, so I I agree with you on on the on the quarterback. I'm just going to change the guy. I'm going to say Jordan Love um, because I don't necessarily believe that he's going to be that guy. But I think the rest of Green Bay's roster is much stronger than the rest of Chicago's roster. And so if Jordan Love turns into a player who um, really has command, makes plays down the field is dynamic, is efficient, and becomes the next great, you know, or at least just signs of the next great Packer quarterback um, after Favre and Rodgers, all of a sudden that team that was eight and nine last year and just kind of like you, it didn't really scare you. Um, a lot of what didn't really scare me is that Rodgers was not very good last year. I know. And and, and so if love comes in and it just is sharper and crisper and, and, and does things in the passing game at, at, to, to kind of really upgrade that, then I think the Packers are dangerous. So that's where I, that's my pick. Right, good pick. All right. Most important player on the roster other than Jefferson and cousins. Um, I think I'm going to say Daniil Hunter um, because I think that he is the guy who we have seen physically dominate games in the past um, who actually quietly played well last year, transitioning to a system in a scheme that maybe isn't the best fit for him. And he occupies a spot on a defense that needs star players. 
that needs someone to play incredibly well and kind of be overpowering. And he is the guy with the physical tools, certainly the mental experience after after being um, in the league for as long as he's been to have the ability to take over games. I don't believe that they have too many other players defensively on their roster right now that can take over a game. And so if Brian Flores sort of unlocks more of the old Daniil Hunter than what we saw even last year when he had, I think, 10, 10 and a half sacks, um, I, and, and gets him into a position where he's just more dynamic and making more plays, that's going to be such a key for what this team can do defensively and could really like change things for, for the, for their ceiling. Pick the division winner. Who's your pick, Jim? Did you pick one? Um, Oh, you know what? I got ahead. I was looking at other things I wanted to ask you. Um, I, you know what? I probably would have picked Hunter. That's why I didn't answer. I probably would have picked (laughs) Hunter. I'm, but so my second choice behind Hunter, I'm going to say Harrison Smith. Sure. Uh, a guy who needs to hold the secondary together. Uh, it has a chance to be a good secondary, but it, there are a lot of question marks there. He needs to be kind of a leader. He needs to be Flores' eyes and ears on the on the field more than anybody else. And he's somebody who, you know, Flores could use as a, a blitzer, uh, as a close a, a run stopper, as a deep you know a, a center fielder. Uh, he could. I think he could have a really a real bounce back year under Flores. So I'm going to say him. All right, now pick the division winner. Vikings final record and order of the division. Okay. Um, I, so I, I do, I, I want to pick Detroit, but I'm just not ready to pick Detroit. Um, much like what I've said about the Vikings defense and wanting to see it, uh, you know, kind of happen and see some evidence before I get real excited about it. Um, I want to see the lions really, do something and not lions this thing and just like just you know pee down their leg and and when you have some attention on you it's a whole different thing so i'm going to go i am going to take the vikings to win the division i'm going to take them to go i think i'm going to go 11 and 6 um i don't think they're going to be quite as good as last year given the tougher schedule given that they won so many close games last year. Maybe they trip up once or twice on there. Um, so I'm going to go Vikings, Lions, Green Bay, Chicago. I just don't think that I, I know that that Fields is being hyped and and all this, and I just don't think that that roster is ready to compete uh, yet in this di- in in this division in that way. And so um, Vikings, eleven wins, followed by the Lions, Green Bay, Chicago. I have bad news for you, John. I agree with you completely. I oh, no. exactly the same thing. So my, my oh, apologies. All right, that's, wrap that's up the show. I, it's not good for you. Uh, it's okay for me. It's not good for you. Uh, let, let's pick the Super Bowl. Who do you got? Super Bowl, I got, I think, I just, I, it sounds a little chalky. Um, I, but Philly is the, the, they're the most talented team in the NFC, I think, by a wide margin. I like San Francisco, but, um, but I think it's going to be Philadelphia. And then, I'll go a little outside the box with um, the AFC just to just to have a little bit more fun with it. I'm going to go Cincinnati, and I think Burrow, if he, as long as he, that injury is not a big problem, I just I think I, I'm a huge Joe Burrow might be my favorite player in the league right now, um, and I think that that roster is ready to go, and so 
Philly, Cincinnati, Bengals win it. That's what I'm calling. All right. I'm going Eagles over the Chargers. I think the Chargers mm. are, uh, they have a great quarterback. They have great receiving talent. They are big, strong, fast across the roster. If they have any health luck, if they start winning some close games. I think they could be the sleeper. All right. Uh, good stuff from John. Thank you all for listening. By the way, my band is playing at the VFW in Bloomington, six to nine or so on Wednesday night. That's Wednesday, September 6th. Stop by if you get a chance. Other than that, we'll be back next week with more Vikings talk.